Arpad. This is a real Bible. Uh, often we end up using our phones and our laptops and etc. etc. But sometimes the physical just does a little bit better, right? Hey? That's why we wear reading rings. Otherwise, you'd just have a digital something. Um, like, uh, Tubbs, play my music, bro. I've got some music to play in the background while I preach. Uh, I've got a bit of a story that comes with it. Um, but let's pray first. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. We honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Show us your glory, God. But don't kill us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So, it's, a, it's always a great thing. By the way, my name is Nick. I'm married to Jan. There's my wife there. She's usually the preacher. She usually does incredible, well, she does incredibly well. But, so thank you, babes. Um, this music that I've got playing is by a band called United Pursuit. Uh, I was introduced to them while I was overseas. I studied at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which is, if some of you don't know what that is, it's kind of like the Hogwarts, but for Christians. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. It's good fun. Um, I learned, that's where I grew up as a person. I, w I went there when I was 20, uh, and America's a different animal altogether. Um, when you turn 18 here, you can legally drink. You can have a beer, you can have a glass of wine, uh, but in America, obviously, it's 21. So 18, here I am doing my thing. Um, I was a very good boy, believe it or not. I didn't break any rules. Um, I got to America when I was only 20, so I went from being able to go out with my mates to not being able to go out with my mates. It's a bit of a mind shift. So I turned 21 there, 22, 23, and I moved back when I was 22, and I got married when I was 23. Um, so I spent two years there. Now, if, if, you, if you've heard about Bethel, obviously a lot of their things are is healing. You hear about all the stories. They have healing rooms on Saturday where people can come, and there's literally kids... Uh, students, guys at work, retirees, they're all there and they pray for you and people come from all over the world to come to these healing rooms um, where you, people will pray for you and they've got stories of cancer's been healed, epilepsy's been healed, strokes have been healed, um, physical things have happened where guys' hands or arms have grown out and they've had really, really incredible stuff. So here I am at this school of supernatural ministry where cancer's being healed all day long, so to speak. Um, you're hearing about all these things and while I'm there I get a phone call from my mom saying your dad's got cancer you need to come home because there's a 90% chance that he's going to die in the operation so okay that's interesting so I tell my revival group which is a group of about 60 guys in the, in the school so they pray and they, we do our thing and whatever anyway I come home uh, for two weeks and, I and that's actually when I asked Jan out to date me officially she can't say no it's an emotional man the best decision you ever made, Jan. Um, long story short, my dad's fine. He's been, um, he was healed. God used the doctors to heal him miraculously, so he's absolutely fine. He's just minus a few, like an R. You got two, so it's fine. Um, so he's, he's great. Um, but the, 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 the reason I like sharing that story is the fact that here I am at a school where healing is spoken about 
but I didn't see it the way that I expected to see it. I think God can often speak to us and we expect it to look like something and that looks like something completely different. And if we don't, if we aren't looking for it, sometimes we can miss it. And I can look at that story and go, ah, but the doctors did it, God, you didn't do it. You had nothing to do with this, Jesus. We relied completely on ourselves. But in reality, God used those doctors to heal him. Um, so I've, I've asked a few people to share some, uh, some words, some prophetic words. And the reason why, if you want to look around, the chairs are out. I, I, I didn't let Stan know. So he walked in here a bit like, what's going on? This chairs should be gone. Um, I asked the chairs to be left out here because uh, there's a, a phrase that I can't get out of my head and it was actually from Kudza. I think she, she actually preached it. At, I'm not wearing my glasses so I can't see anybody. So wait, I don't even know where she is. There you are. Um, I mean, I could, literally I'm not wearing my glasses so at the moment all white people look the same, all black people look the same, all Indian people look the same, all look the same to me. It's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, sometimes there's this political correctness, the spirit that can edge into us. I think God wants to get rid of that sometimes. And uh, if, if I offend you, I just want to let you know that offense can only be taken, not given. It's just an excuse to withhold love, hey? So, um, the word, the, the line that Kudzai had was, we've got to dress like the promise. And that's why I left these chairs out, because I really, want, I really believe we've, Glenridge as a church has received all, this, all these prophetic words, all this about what's coming, this tidal wave, a fire that's going to burn through Africa to the top and the people are going to come and all this, but it's all been future tense. It's all been, oh, what's coming? What's going to get you? This is going to happen. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I wanted the chairs to be out here so we can look around and actually go, it's here. You know, the purpose of... Welcome to CLAP. See where's not here, so help me. Yes. Yes. True. True. So I left the chairs out here as, as a prophetic statement of what's going to come. Because when the people are sitting here, sons and daughters are looking for homes. They're looking for fathers. They're looking for mothers. They're looking. They're searching. They're trying to find. So I left these chairs out as a prophetic statement of these. It's going to be full. It's actually already full. You can feel it inside our hearts. We can feel the presence. I don't know if you can sit here at the moment. If you, wanted to, if you can put out your hands, you can feel there's a heaviness in the room. And sometimes we can overlook simple stuff like that. You can feel that heaviness. Am I the only one? You can feel the heaviness. It's not, the, this is when we talk about there's a veil. There's no veil. Jesus is alive. He tore that thing down, six love, back whenever it was, a couple thousand years ago. It's, there's no veil. There's, and sometimes we can let this language creep into us where, oh, we... I even caught myself the other day. I said to someone, I think it was to Raymond, I said, oh, I feel like we're skating on thin ice and it's just about to break. And I actually felt convicted the whole week saying that because I'm almost putting, I'm putting that layer there when it's never actually there. Um, so I've asked, I've asked some people to share some words um, for a couple of reasons. I think I'll, I'll speak a little about it, a, bit, a bit about it now, but we can get this... Um, Perilous analysis. I don't know if you've ever heard that. You can overthink things and we become stale, we become stuck in what, what we have and, and we can use excuses like, no, no, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for God to speak to me. I'm waiting for the Lord. I'm waiting on Him. And I understand, guys, please hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. That there's a, there is a time where we need to wait on God and there is a time where we need to pray and, there, and there's, that is all good stuff. 
but sometimes that can creep in and we can use it as an excuse to not do anything. And uh, I think scripture is clear that God uses all things for good, not nothing for good. And sometimes we can sit and we think, oh, it's going to just, you know, yes, Lord, pour out your spirit and we'll just stand here and we'll hope that it will just, something will happen and we just, uh, and sometimes we frown and the more wrinkles we have, the more important we seem and the more shakes and the more things and we can, we try and force this thing out of us, but we're just standing. When God actually wants us, scripture says we must taste and see that he is good. Those are physical attributes. They're not just think and imagine. It's taste and see. So M, you are powerful. You are beautiful. You have been called since the beginning of time. You are designed to do this. It comes naturally to you. You are a fear breaker. In your right hand is a sledgehammer. God's going to use it to absolutely smash down walls in people's hearts. To bring down walls that people have built up. But almost see as you walk, and you, if you want to, you don't have to come. When you speak, and this, and, and this is and this is the beauty of community, we get to do this together as a group. And the nice thing about that is, when Raymond has a breakthrough, I get it for free. When Stan has a breakthrough, I get it for free. You think of it in a family, as children, and it's all over Scripture. We are called to be like little children. Malachi, my boy. Hello. <laughs> He just gets what he gets what I get just by the nature of being my son. We get the breakthroughs of the people that have been here for years and years and years. So this is a 37-year-old church, I think. We get to walk in that inheritance freely. The us is broken. We get to just we are the second and third and fourth ships behind. We get to flow in what has already been brought forward. So all these prophetic words of tidal waves and fire and those, those words have been brought in the past that point to a future that is now. So if the f- if and all, all pasts have to have a future and all futures point to a present that is now. I don't know if that makes any sense. So I've asked M to share a word or a song. It can be a prophetic word over an individual. It can be a prophetic word over anyone. It can be something God's put in your heart. But I want us, while, while M's speaking, her breakthrough is our breakthrough. And she has just had an incredible breakthrough. She doesn't even know it yet. But fear has come down like a ton of bricks. She is walking in such freedom. I think Tofu had something to do with that. I mean, even this, uh, I WhatsApped M, was it yesterday? Yesterday, I was like, hey M, because I have a knack for sometimes just saying, oh, come up here now. And I've been told that that sometimes isn't the best thing to do. Um, so I thought I'd give Em a little bit of a heads up. And she's like, oh, maybe, okay, I'll think about it. That's great. And then Stan had, didn't know that. And he called Em. And I said to Em, come, we're going to do this. And she's a bit, bit nervous and whatnot. And Stan's like, Emily, come pray. And I was like, there you go. It's broken. It's here. So...
I'm not the kind of person who likes attention, who likes being in the spotlight or speaking into the mic. <laughs> um, but I think what's been really amazing coming back to the station, because um, my parents used to come here, so I was practically born into Glenridge. Um, what's been amazing coming back is just um, just seeing things change um, in myself and people around me and um, yeah I just think if someone told me last year that I'd be up here speaking to the mic or told them they're crazy uh, and yeah I just I think it's amazing what God can do in our lives and that I think it's great that we have community in our lives and it can bring out bring things out of us that we didn't know about that we didn't know we, we could do so yeah, um, just I pray that people here just keep trusting in God and know that we're a family and families don't judge each other, we celebrate each other and yeah, just I'm so grateful to be part of this family and So while Em was speaking, we would have felt there was that shift when she spoke about family. And so when, when people bring these words, we need, we need to be careful. Remember earlier I was speaking about how we need, to, we need to look for what God is doing, not for what He isn't doing. So what God is doing with what Emily said was there's that shift and there's that change in family. So I want to... I want to ask if there are um, if there are any people here where you're, and this is also I think in, in line with what Leanne was um, was speaking about. If there are any people here where you've lost both your parents, doesn't matter how doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how you lost your parents, but they're not they're not here anymore. They've they're not here. Is there anyone who's? Do you guys want to stand? I know this might be different and strange. I think scripture is quite clear on what inheritance looks like. You can only get inheritance when someone dies. So everyone that's standing now has inherited something. And all of us that are sitting are going to inherit what you have one day. So I want to honor you and I want to say thank you. But if you want to all just put your hands out because there's also more. I'm going to pray for us and I, I want you to focus on what God is doing. So if you feel that if there's heat on your hands, thank the Lord for it. If nothing is happening, thank the Lord for it. But think of, focus on what God is doing in your heart or your body. Because remember, since the beginning of time, He knew that you were going to be here tonight. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, King. 
we honor you, Lord, for the inheritance that they have received. We thank you, Father, that life comes from death and that we get eternal life because of the death of Jesus and his resurrection. We ask you, God, that you would pour out your anointing on the men and women that are standing, that you would give them a double portion. Father, that you would remind them that they are loved, that they are sons and daughters of the Most High, and that when they walk into a room, their atmosphere changes straight away, that darkness flees when light comes. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you would pour out your healing upon them, that if they have any any ailments, Father, they will be completely healed right now, but you'd also anoint their hands to heal others, Father, that there would be a teaching gift on them to express and to show and to give what you have for us. We ask, Father, that you would begin to speak to them in dreams, in signs and wonders and visions. Father, that you would open up the floodgates of heaven for them. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with what I wrote down. I wanted to... I've got this little excerpt in my Bible, so I've got a revival Bible. It's a New King James Version, but it's got little excerpts that have been put in that have been written by other people. So what I'm going to say is it's not, it's not me, but I like it. So I'm claiming it as mine. <clears throat> but it talks about, and it's, it's based on two Thessalonians, but it's talking about the presence of his power or the power of his presence. And therefore, this, this little excerpt talks about four different scenarios. So one being the power of his presence without the presence of his power. The presence of his power without the power of his presence. The third one being no power of his presence and no presence of his power. We don't want to be there. And then the fourth one, which is the sweet spot the power of his presence and the presence of his power. People who are pure in heart, and this allows for the Lord's presence in their lives, and people who are strong in spirit, and this allows for God's power to be manifest. And this is what happened on the day of Pentecost, the first day of the church's existence. Now, please, hear what I'm saying and not what I am not saying. This is, this is thoroughly important. You cannot go anywhere without this. But we also can't expect to have the same experience, the same results as the early church if we value a book that they didn't have more than a spirit in which they did. So they had like, hey Raymond, I could be wrong, they probably had like this much of the book, even smaller. They only had the Torah. They had the whole Old Testament, which is like, other side, this, this thing. So I wrote a, um, I've got other people that I wanted, I'm going to ask to come up now, but um, I thought if we're going to be getting other people to come and share and break fear in the room, I've got to do it myself. So I wrote a letter to Glenridge, which I don't do. So I'm a little bit embarrassed. Um, I'm a little bit nervous to read it. But uh, so I wrote a letter to Glenridge and I felt like God was talking to me through it and I'm going to read it and hopefully it does something. To Glenridge, your lullaby of love is like a symphony in perfect sync. Beautiful, loud, unapologetic. Your worship is a wonder to mankind's ears and a gorgeous glory giver to our King's heart. When you fall on your knees, our God's heart skips a beat, like love at first sight. And like love at first sight, it's blinding, shocking, exciting, 
and fear cannot stand in its way. Worship your king, for he is the giver of life. Your diversity stands like a monument high above the clouds for all to see. People are coming from far and wide to witness who you are. Prepare your table, lay out your finest cutlery, extend your kitchen. Your house will feed hundreds of thousands as they seek the creator of the universe. Look around you, to your left and to your right. People so different, so colorful, looking for home, looking for family. Sons and daughters are starving for affection. Reignite the stars in their eyes and they will light up the skies. Holy Spirit is burning deep within, looking for ways out like molten lava beneath the earth's skin. Flames of fire are coming out. Look into each other's eyes and you will see Holy Spirit. All of you have been chosen. Amen. All have been set aside for this task that is at hand. To the wise, I have more for you. You are not at your end. Teach, guide, show and give. All futures have a past and all pasts point to their future. You are valuable, like all things cultured, wine and art. You are worth more to us now than you are yesterday. Every moment you give to others creates a shift that could penetrate the hidden destiny in others. Your children are my most powerful weapons. I'm pouring out my furious favor over them to release my awestruck wonder. Let them run into my presence. Let them seek my kingdom joyfully. Let them risk and try. This is my fearless generation that I have handcrafted since the beginning of time. The beachhead is captured. Now it is time to push inland to advance his kingdom. We will dance over our enemies and sing with those set free. Glenridge, you are alive and well. You have new wine running through your veins. The veil is gone. The ice is broken. Step in and grab the king's hand. Holy Spirit has been let loose to cause heavenly havoc to all who have come in and go out. Where's Josh? I asked Josh to share as well. Because I remember, I remember doing an eye group with Josh maybe two years ago. When did we, we never eye groups? It was a long time ago. Josh carries... Um, There's a strength about him. There's also a hidden creativity that not many people see. But God speaks to him in a unique way. And uh, you can even, when you shake his hand, when people meet him, when you shake his hand, there's a, there's a welcoming spirit that he has. It's almost like a spirit of hospitality that he carries. So I've asked him to share because when people share, you inadvertently, inadvertently give what you carry. Because you can only give what you have. You can't give something that you don't have. Thanks, Nick. Um, I think what I've been feeling God saying to me over the last little while um, is that over the past couple of months, I've had the incredible opportunity of being able to further some studies um, which have helped me in my work. And I've found that as I've poured over the content of those studies, they've really changed, changed me and the way I engage with my work environment in a really, really meaningful way. Um, and I've just been convicted that I, as I've spent hours doing that, that God was telling me two things. And the first is that if you, whatever occupies your mind, you will become like. Um, and it will change you and will change you in a way that impacts the environment around you. And I think he was calling, calling me and I think calling us to continue to dwell on his word continually 
Um, and then secondly, that, that all that, that amazing stuff that was happening because of these opportunities that I had um, was meaningless if it, wasn't, if it wasn't in the greater context of his story. So I just, I just really feel that um, I've been challenged to continue to dwell on, on him and allow that to change me and allow that to change the environment around me and make sure that that change is always in the context of his greater story and not my story. That's good, Josh. Thank you. Come on, Zoe. Zoe, God's, God's given you a word of knowledge. You need to share it. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, Nick, Go for it. Okay. Nick actually did come up to me before, and I was threatening him with bodily harm, but here I am. <laughs> so, uh, in the worship, they sang that one song um, where the lyric is, it's your breath in our lungs. So, for other you know the one, they played it. <laughs> so, um, um, I just, there's a lot of ways to interpret that line, but the main thing that was coming to me was um, not doing things in your own capacity, you're doing it in his capacity. So I'm a person that uh, does a lot of things, perhaps too many, um, but uh, when I carry myself in my own capacity, I burn out very quickly, uh, especially in a matric year. Um, but when you rely on God, it's much easier to fulfill his purposes because they're his and they're not yours and you kind of moving in his power not your own power and l I think it was two weeks ago um, on this evening service um, I had a picture for myself but I think I'm going to share it for everyone as well um, before my matric dance we had a PE assessment where we had to dance uh, with someone and uh, in ballroom, the guy leads and the girl follows. Now my dance partner didn't know how to ballroom dance, so I was kind of leading him. And the dance teacher came up to me and she's like, you should be following, why are you leading it? And um, if I was dancing with a partner that didn't know how to dance, I still would have an issue with following him because I don't submit very well. <laughs> it's not in my way. <laughs> I wonder it's who you take after. <laughs> yeah, it's not in my nature. But um, and the spirit was like, just yeah, you gotta let this go. You're not listening. You're not listening to me. You're listening to you. And then I got, and the, uh, not even an hour later, I think an hour later, um, I was speaking in tongues for the first time. And I feel like... Whew. Go for it. Yes, more Lord. <laughs> um, this church um, needs to look to the Lord for our strength and trust in Him and let go of our own like head stuff and just move in His power. Okay. <laughs> what? Come on, Zoe. <laughs> Ask God to show you someone in this room. Okay. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> Ask God to show you someone. Do you, do, you, do you have someone in your mind? Has God highlighted someone to you? It's fine, just pick one. 
me. <laughs> Take your time. God is in no rush. The 8 o'clock movie these days is terrible. I'm not rushing off anything. You got this. Just feel it. Tony, I don't know what to do with that. We're gonna, work it. We're gonna get there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Step one complete. See what we're doing now is we're just we're focusing on what God is telling Zoe, and she's breaking this for other people because there are people here that have never done this before. This is the first time Zoe's ever doing this. Now I only ask Zoe because I know that she's got the capacity to do this in front of everyone. I wouldn't do this to anybody. But she is powerful, she is strong, and she knows that she has the living Jesus inside of her heart. No rush. I was going to tell you something about Tony that no one else would know. Remember, there's no failure. I prayed for a lady, for her baby, and she wasn't pregnant. So there's really no failure. Um, do bowling pins have any significance to you? No? Yeah, cool. Also. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Focus on what God is doing. What's, what about the bo- what's he telling you about the bowling pins? How many bowling pins are you seeing? Three. A whole set. So the first thing is Tony that comes to my mind with the bowling pins. I feel like God's put these, you've had these walls in front of you, things that are stopping you or blocking you, and God's turned you into this bowling ball, this powerful Holy Spirit-fused bowling ball. And what He's done is He's taken you and He's thrown you, but you feel like you've been rolling for far too long and you haven't hit any of these pins. And what Zoe's done now is she's just brought all those pins close to you. And there's that saying that the dogs of doom stand at the doors of your destiny. And right now, that Holy Spirit ball is going to take down those dogs of doom so your destiny becomes a now. Does that mean anything? Do you want to pray for it? Because that's your word. Do you want to pray for it? (laughs) Release, just what what you feel now, just release. I'm going to own this room. This is your room. Come to the front. And just release Jesus over Tony. Lord, thank you for your daughter, Tony. Thank you that you plans for her and you've given her your power and your strength and that in you she can do all things and I just pray that you bring your peace over her and that she's able to knock over what she needs to and that he would fill her and bring more of you and just be in every second of her life just that you would steep her in your essence Lord God thank you for Tony and that you've known her for as long as she has been and before that 
and <laughs> thank you for what you're doing tonight and for the confirmation of what's happening in heaven and thank you for your strength and your Thank you for your strength in her. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on, Zoe. No. We thank you, Jesus, for Zoe. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come in power right now, Father, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. She would just experience your glory, that you would start to show her the outline of the destiny you have for her, Father, that she would feel your heat, Jesus, the power of heaven is in her, the living Jesus, the same Jesus that was raised from the dead, that same power is flowing through her. Father, as she lays her hands on people that would be healed, when she looks at people that you would reveal the inner secrets of their hearts, that she can reveal Jesus to them. Father, even at school, people would be drawn to her because as a queen, when a queen walks into a room, people stop and stare because they know the presence and the royalty that they carry. So we declare the presence and the royalty of heaven over you, Zoe. We thank you, Father, for the more of what you have for her. Amen. There we go. Well done, Zoe. This is freaking a lot of people out, but it's good. Um, Sam, your, your turn. Come on, Sam. Sam's just come back from Tofu, so we expect good things. How good of a teacher is your dad? Uh, so I thought Nick was joking, <laughs> but obviously not. But as people were sharing, I just got the word freedom. Mm and just to have a freedom mindset in the church. Yes. And I just feel it's, it's so applicable for the older generation, just that they feel that like God is done with them. And they're like, okay, time out, that's me. I'm gonna sit on the couch and watch everyone else do their thing. But just that God's never done with you. Just that like there's so much more for you to do no matter your age, no matter your situation. So I just want, can I just pray that yes. you really just touch everyone's life mm. and that God's never done with you. So Lord, can you just touch everyone here, just fill them? Can you show them that you're not done and that they've got so much more to do for you, they can touch so many more lives, that you're never done, Lord, that they, it's not their time to just sit down and watch, it's their time to stand up and hold up the sword, Lord, just fight for you. Lord, just please bless them, fill them, show them their next destination, show them what they've got to do and just fill them help them in their, in their journey with you, that they're not done, they haven't reached the finish line, that there's still so much more that you want to do in them. Amen. Well done. Is God showing you? I can't, you can't whisper with this thing, so we're not going to... Is God showing you someone here that's, um, that needs healing? Yes. You can't say no. In your own body now, are you feeling anything? You don't have to lie to me. You can tell me I'm wrong. So my little brother, well, like my family especially, we've been very sick over the past week. So I suppose them. Fair enough. I'll go for it. Are, you, who's, are they still sick? I think Michael's still Michael, sick. Shame he's sleeping. Yeah. Pray for your brother. Lord God, we know that he's already healed because of you, Lord, and we just want to confirm that. So Lord, can you just bless Michael? Just fill him, fill him with your love, Lord. 
Can you just heal him right now as he wakes up, Lord? May he not be feeling any sickness. May he be ready for school, <laughs> even if he may not want to be. And yeah, just fill him, Lord. May he just have an amazing, amazing life. May you touch him, fill him with your plans, Lord. You know, because you've got plans and purpose for him. So as he wakes up, may he just feel perfect and just, yeah, touch him, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well done, Sam. Yes, you can sit down. Unless you want to stay up here, you can keep going. Guys, I'm, I, know, I know this is... You know, I, one, thing, one thing I've always struggled with, I've always compared myself to other people. So when I've been asked to preach before, I immediately compare myself to people that I consider who are good preachers. So when Stan was like, hey Nick, do you want to preach? I was like, oh, I'm busy, and I think of excuses, and I'm like, but Raymond's so good at it, you know, he's like, he's the guy, or Drew, like Drew, why don't you ask Drew, like he's here, it's not like he does anything, I'm picking on him because he's not here, but we have to realize, and we, we often do this, we focus on our weaknesses to get ourselves better, when actually we should be focusing on our strengths. Because that's what community is all about. You know, and, so, and um, people, not my quotes, this is from someone else, but we've been going through Joshua and taking new land, um, and, and now we're building on this new land. And this new land has giants. And people are like, oh, I want to kill giants. I want to I be a giant slayer. I want to be this thing. Well, if you want to kill giants, then you hang out with the giant killer. And that's, you can't do that on your own. So if you want, and the, and the same side being, if, if you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I really feel like I, now I want to teach, I really if I want to, I want to pioneer, then hang out with, hang out with the spooners. If you want to learn something, hang out with people that are already doing it. And then still raises his hands and still gives everything to the king. You can't get that at home. You can't get that. You don't get to see that what other people are going through and that, and that can work in your own heart can't get that at home and it, and all throughout scripture there's this there's that saying that fire only falls on sacrifice fire is not going to fall on something that hasn't been put out there so sometimes we sit especially on sunday morning i went to church it's fine it's a bit of it's a bit tough kids are being this and that and our oh, transports maybe a little shin spoons is that a thing it is hey point our hands to justin Max is going to kiss you. <laughs> Guys, you know the laughter is the currency of heaven, eh? So come on. We thank you, Jesus, that you would heal Justin. Father, right now that his shins will be completely healed. There will be no pain in the name of Jesus that you died for that. Father, so you can take it back and throw it back to the pits of hell where it belongs and you can give him new shins straight from heaven, Father, that you have molded and created perfectly that fit into his legs, that there is no pain. And that everything is completely as it should be and normal inside of his legs, Father. That he can continue to do his, his work. He can run. He can spend time with his family, Father. With absolutely no inability to do anything because it's completely healed right now tonight. Amen. Did you feel anything? <laughs> okay. Guys, I, I, and just, just in... In finishing up what, what, what we're doing tonight, and I, I really, my whole, my prayer tonight is that we would leave knowing that God can do what He wants to do. And He can do it in strange, different ways, and He can do it in the normal ways. He can do it in a normal, 
setting, a church, a normal worship and a preach and a whatever, and he can do it in a, in a different way, in a, in a supernatural way, in a boring way. God can do what he wants to do and he can do it when he wants to. Sometimes God is not a little God that we can put in our pocket and we can pull him out when it suits us. God is with you all the time, everywhere. Um, so I, I remember, um, and this is my last story, I was about nine, 19, uh, Harbor City. I always call them Harbor Point because they come from Red Point. Harbor City. And uh, it's Michelle's dad. He's passed away now, but he was kind of like my spiritual man, mental guy while I was at Varsity before I went overseas. He was the guy. He actually prophesied over us, I think Jan and I, when we were still at City Hill up in Hillcrest. I just decided to go to Beth. He was an incredible man, so he invited me to go with him to Zambia. So we jump in my uh, a Toyota Prado. Off we drive. We drove. We didn't fl- fly. Um, and it was just me and him in the car. And I, you could ask him all sorts of questions. And he was the most unassuming uh, guy. He was short, a little bit rougher than Niger. He was a, a Zimbabwean helicopter man in the in the war. Um, uh, not a recce dude, but like he was a hardcore. Yeah, he was. He was like he was. He was. An, he was gnarly. Eh? He didn't like. You don't play around with him. So he. I mean, and he has stories there, kind of like a Keir Taylor story. If you've ever heard of the story of uh, the story of Keir Taylor, and that's for another night, but radically saved used to smoke Zol flat out uh, but radically saved pulled into what he had and he, he did the most I mean, he would tell us stories where he would get to literally get to a river and, and they would need to cross the river to preach the gospel uh, so then he would they, would they literally would stop and they would pray and when they, would, they would be on the other side of the river like that, like that type of stuff and I had never experienced anything of that supernatural ways in my life and he asked me to come with him and he used to we would sit in the car and he, and he would just pray in tongues all the way to Zambia it's like 19 hours of driving can they pray in tongues <clears throat> pretend to sleep 19 hours he would pray in tongues solid for 19 hours I remember he took us and so we went into Zambia and we met these um, that were doing a, he was doing like a church leadership thing and he said to me okay cool Nick so tomorrow morning you're going to preach but he does, and, and so maybe this is why I get this ask people to do things without preparation and whatever and preparation is a very good thing don't get me wrong but he asked me to preach but then not like okay we've got the whole day to get ready to speak it's like no 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 we're going to go to we're going to this prison now and we're going to this prison and then we're going to go here then you get home at 11 o'clock at night and you're tired so you fall asleep and you wake up and then you have the leaders thing to preach so that's great um, so I remember we went to this prison and uh, I could be mistaken but I, I do remember being told that it was the largest um, not the large it was yeah it was the largest prison in that area or in southern Africa there was about a couple thousand guys and so this prison isn't like a prison how we was it was six hour drive in a land cruiser because you can't get there anywhere else in the middle of nowhere with the idea being well if you escape you escape but you're going to die so kind of like a Robin Island thing but in a desert uh, well in a jungle because it's in the middle of absolutely nowhere I still remember it to this day because I thought it was the funniest thing but it was terrible of me to think that I mean so we're in we're in Zambia so um, out of the sea of guys that are now there to this guy didn't understand a, a word um, but what he could tell us is he just ca- he came up and he was like fire fire f- like he could say fire he could feel it you know that's what God can do eh? but you can feel it 
You feel it in your heart. You can feel it in your body. You can feel it in your mind. You can feel it in your thought process because God is everywhere. He's in everything you do. Whether you like Him, whether you've accepted Him, whether you believe in Him, it does not matter. He's there. So in, in finishing this, in, fi- in finishing tonight, I wanted to give people an opportunity that if that is you, if you feel it inside of you, you can feel it. You don't know how to explain it, but you, you're needing something. Something is missing. I want you to raise your hand. And I'm not going to ask you to come up here and what's God saying. So he does that. But if, there, if there's anyone here that has that, and I've, I've studied a few. So at the school, we studied a couple of revivalists. I've studied Charles Finney, William Branham, the dude that the, the, the overweight Australian guys were talking about, um, Evan Roberts, Catherine Coleman, all of them. And the one thing, the one thread that comes through all of them. Now, all of them had incredible ministries. Some of them lost the plot at the end of their lives. Some of them didn't. But that's not, that's not the point. The point is that one common thread, and that was an, assur- an assurance of salvation. They knew that 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 they were saved. They knew that they knew that they knew that they knew. And we imagine living one day with absolutely no fear for the kingdom. One ballsy day. You can only do that if you feel completely safe. And you can only feel completely safe if you know that 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 you have met Jesus. So if you do not if you do not know that you know that you know that you know that you know, here's your time to know that you know. I'm not wearing my glasses, so should we just wait here until someone puts their hand up? <laughs> okay. we thank you Jesus we honor you Lord we love you we thank you Father that you're working through these guys and girls that were sharing their words we honor you Holy Spirit we ask that you would pour out your more over us that we would have leftover baskets when we are done. Father, that you would feed the 5,000 again. That you would show us the new rooms of your kingdom that we've never experienced. Jesus, that we can walk in the fullness of what you have for us. Father, that we can know that we know that we know that we have met Jesus. and That we are saved. Not just to get into heaven, Father, but to get heaven here. Amen. Amen. Thank you.